What's up everybody, Dan here, and this is For Your Mental Health Weekly. Well, it's kind of weekly. I mean, it hasn't been weekly for like a couple months because it's mental health issues, you know? Like it's so appropriate, the fact that I haven't been able to do it every week because, you know, I've been dealing with, with stuff and it's, you know, it's hard to kind of get things done all the time. But um, the spirit of it's it's still there, so I'm gonna keep the name for now. But uh, this is another special episode with a special guest for episode 14. We're talking to my friend Valerie Romack right here. So what's up, Val? Hi. <laughs> Val is in the building. Um, we should probably start by talking about uh, how, how we met, how we know each other. And uh, it's through, once again, cosplay. I think every person I've interviewed so far has been like a, a fellow cosplayer. So uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about that a little bit? About cosplay or well, how we met? Because I, uh, I, I, I don't remember the exact moment that we met. Okay. But. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So I'll start it then. So I think it was at Anime Central where it was the Tekken uh -huh. photo shoot. And you were dressed as, uh, what's her name? Anita Buskonovich with the chainsaws. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't remember her name. Anisa? Uh, something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's the first time ever, like, actually, like, interacting with you. But then we didn't really become, mm -hmm. like, friends until the costumers with the cause, I think, the parade. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you popped up at various events of that. And we're always uh, videotaping the shenanigans behind the <laughs> scenes. You were the behind the scenes revealer. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so... You know, those were those were definitely good times. Obviously, right now we can't really do much of that because of the whole pandemic stuff. Um, but uh, I was looking at I was looking back at the pictures, and it's just like you know, you know, there's so many great times. The St. Patrick's Day parade too. I I forgot about that. Yeah, that it was, was always great... so cold, mm -hmm. so so cold in Chicago at St. Patrick's Day in March. Oh my gosh, how did we even survive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All exactly. for cosplay. <laughs> right, right. Just troopers, you know. We we will we'll battle the the wind, the rain, the cold. You know, it's all for the, the greater good of cosplay. So, um, and the heels, <laughs> the wind, yeah. and the rain, and the heels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, constant foot pain. Yeah, for sure. And more yes. power to people that wore heels. I mean, I don't know if I, I wore like platforms before, but it wasn't really heels, so I don't know if that counts. But, but yeah, yeah, definitely some, you know, some uh, mind over matter moments going through uh, those parades and conventions and everything. So, um, you know, war stories, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so yes. So the reason I've uh, brought you onto the show is, you know, I wanted you to share um, your story. Uh, and I wanted you to share your experience with uh, your own mental health. Um, in regards to anxiety, depression, um, you know, you know, whatever you've been going through in your life in, in hopes that it would help others. So, um, yeah, why don't you go ahead if you can start wherever you want, however you want to, you know, start your story, you can, you can go wherever you want with it. So go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, there's not really a great place to start. So I'll kind of start with, um, I've always had struggles with um, depression since I was a little kid. Although when you're a little kid, you don't really realize that's what it is. Um, you just feel sort of not really like it's, it's more than a sadness. It's more like you feel super alone. You feel super out of place. You feel maybe 
for a lot of kids, maybe they feel like they're in the wrong body. Um, and that can be a, a depression sort of thing. It could be something leading to a change of identity and things like that. Um, but in my case, it was sort of this, like, um, it was definitely the feeling like I didn't belong anywhere, feeling like um, I didn't understand any of my friends and they didn't understand me, um, feeling like maybe I didn't deserve things that I had or that I wanted, um, feeling sort of empty inside or that there was something missing, um, but not knowing how to fill it or anything like that. So I struggle with that a lot as a child. Um, and as a child, you don't really know how to communicate your struggles to other children and especially to adults um, because either you're afraid or you just don't know the right words to say, to express, you know, that sort of um, mental sickness, which is so much different than saying I have a tummy ache or something like that. It's so much harder to describe that to your parents or to ask for help or to reach out. So um, I like many kids um, str just struggled. Um, there was no way to get help. There was no way to reach out um, that I knew of. So, and that unfortunately happens a whole lot with children and it can carry on into adulthood. Um, which did happen with me. So um, I sort of had a, a transition of really happy teenagerhood um, where I didn't feel that depression as much because there were all these new exciting experiences of being a teenager and liking boys and having classes and having a whole new set of friends and going to the mall and movies and stuff, um, being a nerd. Um, so mm -hmm. there was that whole, uh, it didn't cure the depression, but it distracted from it. So I buried it down deep inside, like a lot of people tend to do when they're going through other things in life that take priority. Um, so I just, I buried it down while I was a teenager and through college. Um, every once in a while I would feel, in college I would feel sort of, um, I would feel that out of placeness and I would feel, um, I guess you would say lack of knowledge of myself, I guess. I felt lost, like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was supposed to be. Um, and that can be a combination, I think, of depression and anxiety because you feel that depression of I don't know who I am. And then you feel the panic, the anxiety of, oh crap, 
who who should I be? Like, what should I do? What direction should my life take? Like, I'm almost done with college. Mm -hmm. Where do I go from here if I don't know who I am? So that that was a struggle that I encountered. Um, And I don't know if you've encountered that sometime in your life or if uh, people you've talked to have as well, but that's sort of that goes hand in hand with depression and anxiety a lot of times because um, sort of a a lack of direction, a lack of purpose, um, not knowing who you are can really be detrimental to your mental health. And, um, or even knowing who you are, but not, or knowing who you want to be, but not being able to get there like not knowing the steps to take to get there. Like, I want to be a more joyful person. How do I get there? Or I want to be a more successful person. How do I get there? And just feeling that overwhelming sense of, um, I guess, dread of mm-hmm. like, I, I just can't get where I want to go or where I think that I need to be. So... Mm-hmm that that can lead to a lot of unresolved um, mental health issues. Um, and it can also stem from trauma that you've experienced in life. So um, things that like a really bad breakup or something that you think, oh, well, that was horrible, but that's like kind of life, you know, whatever. It can be trauma. It can be a trauma that roots itself deep within. And that can, when it's not addressed properly through therapy or through medication or um, balancing that, um, balancing your life, that can cause mental health issues, which can cause physical issues, which I've also dealt with. Um, So mental health can often go hand in hand with um, chronic illness, chronic physical illness. Um, And so depression can make the chronic illness worse and chronic illness can make the depression worse. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like you're caught in this cycle that you can't really get out of without help. So um, I don't know if you wanted me to jump into like coping mechanisms or something, or if you want to talk more about other things. No, uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's a great uh uh, way to go about it, I think, is to start talking about the coping mechanisms that you've used to um, get yourself onto a more level playing field with your mental health. Because you know, there's a lot of things out there uh, that you can do uh, that I have tried, and you know, some of them work, some of them don't. But you know, obviously, the things that do work, we hold on to that and we, you know, lean into it. It's like you know, if you're somebody who loves to exercise, you know, and that gets you to a better place in your mind, then you know, do that all the time, right? Um, or, you know, if the medication helps, stay on your medication, you know, if that's what you really think you need and that really helps, great. Um, talk therapy, um, you know, getting uh, other people to come in and make sure you're doing all right and, whatever, you know, whatever you think works the best 
in your life. So what, yeah, what have you used that's been successful um, with, with your depression, with your anxiety? Um, it has actually depended on where I was in life because I found different treatments in different stages of life. Sorry, my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> Sheesh. You don't get a say in this. <laughs> maybe that's not maybe that's an I agree meow. Like I agree, meow. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> anyway, continuing. Um it really depends on the different stages in life you are, where you're at. Um, especially when it comes to the envi the physical environment you're in, that can influence uh how treatments work. Um your financial situation that can influence what treatments are available to you. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. for me, therapy um, was not an option financially and medication was not an option financially. Um, I did try for a little while CBD oils and CBD okay. products. Okay. Um, which worked for a little while, but it just financially was not sustainable over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing about CBD also is it helps to treat physical ailments. So right. because I had both the physical ailments and the mental health issues, it was working overtime. And so I needed higher and higher doses each time of the CBD. So I would be going through it faster. I would have to have a higher milligram. Um, and it was just getting way too expensive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, at what point will I be at the highest possible dose <laughs> and then not have anywhere to go? Right. So, um, I, I had to give that up, uh, unfortunately, because it was really helpful um, for my anxiety. It's calming. And uh, you can also find that if, if it's available to you, um, medical marijuana mm -hmm. is good for, or recreational marijuana is good for, um, for mental health treatment. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, if you're not able to get the medical marijuana or the recreational, um, CBD is a good alternative. Uh, some people find that they can't tolerate the THC, so they go to CBD, which doesn't have the THC from the marijuana in it. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, it's basically the same type of products. They have oils, they have edibles they have things that you can smoke and all that good stuff so those are good natural treatments if you don't want to go the medication route it's not available in all states and uh cbd can be expensive even though it is available so um it just depends on your financial situation uh, mm -hmm. which treatment will be beneficial. I know it sounds cheesy, but <laughs> meditation and yoga was helpful. And it was I, like, yeah. Oh, yoga is a cure for things. It's not, well, no, no one's saying it's a cure mm -hmm. 
for that. I'm definitely not saying that. I'm saying mm -hmm. that it helps um, to balance your body after a long day at work, which can be detrimental to mental health, is working a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Errors. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Preach it. Working a, hard <laughs> job. a lot of people are not getting affirmation at their jobs, which can lead to self doubt, which mm -hmm. can lead to depression. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, totally, completely de stressing after work, whatever that form takes, whether it's yoga, meditation, exercise, like you said, um, eating a nice warm meal. Like it could be taking a bath, anything to just wipe the slate clean after a day of work. And that can really, really help your mental state and it can help you sleep better. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You've, you've, you've thrown out a lot of stuff that, um, you know, that I've dealt with myself. Um, and, you know, I've, um, you know, I do yoga and meditation every day. Um, every, every single morning, like I, I may sometimes not get the full workout in, but yoga and meditation, like I, I do, uh, I do it through YouTube yoga with Adrienne. Like that's, she's, she's my girl. Like she's the person that has a ton of videos and, and they're all great. And, uh, I do them like every morning and then mindful meditation. So positive affirmations, like you mentioned, you know, um, just, just listening to these phrases and closing your eyes and just laying down and, you know, just getting to that, that state of mind where everything is good. Everything is, everything's golden. You know, you're just, you're one with yourself. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you do have to deal with your, you know, your, your issues though. Like, you know, it's not always, you know, butterflies and compromises. They say, you know, they'll, they'll say things that really hit you hard, you know, like, um, uh, like rolling out the red carpet for you and your, and your, and your issues and just, you know, be the person you are and, you know, show it, Show it to yourself. Like sometimes you have to show yourself, you know, like, hey, this is who I am. I got to deal with this, you know? So, yeah, yeah, no, I've definitely, I've definitely used a lot of that in my life and it has really helped. The, the CBD stuff that I want to talk about too, because I've, I've been going to like this local CBD Kratom shop by my place. They're like really cool people and they have all the products you had mentioned. Um, so I have used a little bit of that um, to varying degrees of success. And, um, yeah, I think it was like the Delta eight something with the THC like that. That's the one thing that actually I felt because I had I had smoked marijuana before. So I guess I was used to the high of it. And so a lot of the CBD stuff didn't really do anything, at least that I could that I could tell. Um, so, you know, that that stuff, it was like it was like a gummy form, like little round gummies. And, you know, you eat a couple and all of a sudden, like two hours later, you know, you'd you start to feel like this this very powerful sensation. And so, you know, that's, that's something that, uh, that has worked as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, there, there really are so many things that, uh, that you can, that you can do these days to, um, try to help yourself out, you know, to reach out, reach out for help, um, whether it be talk therapy or just as simple as, you know, doing some yoga after work, like you said, or taking a hot bath, you know, it's, it's that, uh, that self self care, you know, yes. that, yeah, that's super important. But the work, the work stuff too, like when you go to work and people are, people aren't necessarily like giving you the positive feedback. They're just like, well, you're at work and you're doing what I'm doing and you know, whatever. I'm sure, you know, you're doing a good job. I don't have to say anything like, no, like we, you know, I think in this day and age, we need to hear like those positive, um, those positive feedback, um, phrases and, and, and words of encouragement, you know, it's just, uh, 
if anything, it's just a nice thing to do. It's just nice to be nice to people, you know, if, if not for your, you know, for the whole world's mental health, at least for the kindness of, to your friends, to your coworkers. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's big as well. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like officially a mental illness, but imposter syndrome is real. <laughs> it is so real and it is often experienced by people who have difficult jobs where they aren't getting um, positive feedback or any feedback at all, or they're getting put down at work, they're getting thrown under the bus in front of their peers, that kind of thing. Um, so they feel that unworthiness and they take that home with them and they experience it for the rest of their lives sometimes as sort of like, and they feel like an imposter. Um, okay. I've never heard that. You haven't before. heard imposter syndrome. No, okay. it's, um, basically you are a perfectly good human being. You do perfectly good work. Um, but you have this sense that you don't belong there, that you don't deserve it, that you like at any moment, it could just disappear and, Somebody can correct me in the comments if I'm not explaining it properly because I don't personally have imposter syndrome, but I know a lot of friends who do. And um, it can just be detrimental when it comes to your career and your livelihood at that job because you feel like you don't deserve to be there, that you don't belong even though you've worked your ass off. You've mm -hmm. done all the steps to get there. You... Mm -hmm work so hard every day um it's just like it's it's really um it's really a barrier in in the mind of um just thinking that that undeservedness of you mm -hmm. don't you don't deserve this or you don't deserve nice things mm -hmm. um so yeah, it's, I, I believe that it's a mental illness and that it affects a lot of people more than they even know, probably. Um, mm -hmm. So I hope someone will uh, maybe explain it better in the comments, but okay. Yeah. Okay. That would be great. Yeah, no, that, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, people getting into the careers that they want to get into and you know, thinking that they haven't put in enough work, that they're not worthy. I think did you is that what you said that they weren't worthy for their position, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's um, I yeah, I could totally, I could totally see that happening. Um, I used to work in an escape room for a couple of years actually, and um, it was like a, it was a cushy job. Um, I mean, I was me and like I was kind of the only person there. Um, and, and there were times where there's just nothing going on. I'm still getting paid the same amount. I'm like huh, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting all this, this like money, but am I really doing anything for it? I'm sitting here watching YouTube and not really, <laughs> not really, you know, making big strides like maybe somebody else would for the same amount. Um, I mean, you know, then again, I did, I did earn, earn it when we were really busy, but you know, that wasn't all the time. That was mostly on the weekends. So um, I guess I did feel a little bit of that, um, you know, for, for that position, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that's an issue too. You know, people, people don't put enough stock in themselves. They're like, well, I didn't deserve this. I just got this job because there was an opening and they happened to hire me and whatever. I just fell into it. Like, 
Like, no, like there's, I'm sure there was probably a reason that they hired you in the first place. Otherwise they would have hired anybody, you know, they would have hired the bum off the street. You know, it's like, you have something in you that gives you, you know, gives you that, that position, that situation, that opportunity, right? Like we all have the things that we've done in our lives that, you know, that make us who we are. Right. And people see that, you know, people see the work that you do, even though you can't see it because you're the one doing the work. Like that's, I feel that a lot mm -hmm. sometimes. You know, because like I'm doing, I'm doing all this stuff, and you know, sometimes I, I don't even realize that I'm making an impact on someone. You know, but just by the fact that you're a good person, that you're nice to people, that you get your job done, like you know, that has an effect. That has a ripple effect for sure. People, people, you know, kind of um, are encouraged and inspired by that. So yeah, yeah, I, I think people could benefit um, from just knowing that what they're doing matters. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that comes from like a larger conversation of sort of the the standards that society has put on us and that the older generations have put on our generation in that we are obsessed with um, did we earn this or can we earn this or that kind of thing, like earning your place Mm -hmm. um, earning the things that you have and stuff. They put so much pressure on us to um, fight for what should be like basic, like mm -hmm. earning yeah. a place to live, earning food for your table, <laughs> earning earning money for college. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's so that does much. speak. Yeah. Exactly. That does speak to a larger issue of like um, a sustainable workplace and having people who have not a starvation wage, but a living wage. And, you know, uh, that should be that should be built into society. Absolutely. Absolutely. People shouldn't be on the streets. You know, that's just no, that's that's not how this country should be. So but that does speak to a larger conversation, I suppose. Um, so. So yeah, so you you've you've faced a lot of um, medical issues um, recently. I know I've seen a lot of your posts on Facebook, um, and you had mentioned like that that kind of goes hand in hand with the depression and anxiety. Um, how do you how do you feel like specifically that that your um, uh, medical ailments have contributed to that, um, and how do you think that um, they've affected your the way you've gone about treating it? That's a really good question. Um, I. In my case, it's uh, been, and in a lot of cases uh, where it's an invisible illness, where um, you're not uh, outwardly, physically affected, uh, deformed, paralyzed, anything like that. Um, when it's all inside and you look like you're fine, uh, it can be, it can cause this um, sort of body dysmorphia where you, uh, inside your body, you feel like it's, it's betraying you. It's, it's sort of, well, in my case, literally it's attacking me because I have autoimmune disorder. So my own body is attacking me. I feel like sometimes I feel like a stranger in my own body because it's so foreign to me. It feels like it's not doing what it should be doing. It's not doing what 
I wanted to do. It's not functioning properly. So I feel like I'm, I guess not a stranger, but more like a prisoner. I'm a prisoner in my own body. Um, and I'm, I'm having to do what it wants me to do. And sometimes that's canceling plans. It's not going to work when I don't feel well. And it's not just, oh, I have the sniffles or something. It's like, cannot walk, don't feel well, um, can barely see because of the pain, can barely function, can't eat that kind of thing. So I've had to cancel plans. I've had to cancel really fun things that I wanted to do. And so it really makes me feel like I'm held prisoner in my own body, which can be so bad for mental health mm -hmm. because um, you feel betrayed by your physical body and you feel trapped and you feel angry and um, sad and you feel alone because a lot of times um, there aren't people you can talk to about it. Um, most of the people closest to me, I can talk to about it, but at the same time, they don't have what I have. So they don't exactly understand. understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they try, which is great. And that's not always the case with a lot of people who suffer from chronic illness. Um, they don't always have supportive families like I do. They don't always have supportive friends like I do. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. I'm completely and totally blessed to have that in my life. Um, and truthfully, I have lost a few friends because of this. And that can also be, um, it can also cause some depression because you feel like you're not worthy because people have left your life because you feel like a burden. So, well, you think that you are a burden to them and that's why they left, even though maybe they left because they just weren't meant to be in your life or something happened. They just- Something they were dealing with, yeah. Yeah, something mm -hmm. they were dealing with or they just couldn't handle your evolving needs um, which mm -hmm. is really sad, but it yeah. means that they don't belong in your life. If they can't evolve with you and change with you and um, be there for you, then forget about them. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that 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 is so hard sometimes because I yeah I've dealt with the same thing. You know, like I had to you know leave out of. Um, certain friend groups um, because, you know, I was dealing with stuff myself and not everybody saw it in, in a, uh, in a helpful light, I guess they, you know, they just, they, they don't understand, you know, they don't, they don't get it. Uh, they don't understand how this is like a debilitating thing, mental health, depression, anxiety, like, you know, you have to take a step back from everything and be like, whoa, you know, like, I don't want to die. I don't want to like get in a position where like, I'm, you know, going to really hurt myself or something. Like I have to take care of this. Like, I don't care if you don't understand, like I need to do my thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's something that I think a lot of people, you know, do have to deal with for sure is losing friends and, you know, 
getting into different social circles and finding people that actually do understand and do want to help and want to make sure you're doing okay. Like that's, that's so huge. So I'm really glad you have that in your life. Yeah. And it also goes back to what we were talking about earlier about self-care where self-care is not only physical care of your body and sort of that physical stimulation of your mind, but it's also um, emotional. It's also taking care of yourself emotionally, being there for yourself, recognizing your own needs in an emotional situation. And it can be really hard, but sometimes self-care is about removing toxic people from your life. If you're having conversations where you're being gaslighted by your friends, obviously have a conversation with them, but if they're not going to correct it, if they're not going to acknowledge it, that it's a problem, if they're not going to um, change, if they're just going to continue gaslighting you, you need to get rid of them. You need Mm -hmm. to just walk away from that situation. Mm -hmm. You can say, you know, I love you, but I'm going to love you from over here. Yeah. Like you just, you just can't continue on with that because then those people become a mental and emotional burden to you when you've already got this whole thing that you're dealing with physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. like you don't need that extra weight on your shoulders when you're going through um, panic attacks when you're going through um, suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. um, anything that goes along with mental health, um, just all of that self-doubt, you don't need to add that other person's problems onto yours. So mm-hmm. just removing yourself from that situation, even if it's temporary, um, but most of the time it ends up being permanent because then once you get past the hurt of losing that person, even if they were really important to you, sometimes you realize that, you know what, I'm better now. Like I'm better without them. Mm -hmm. It was great. We had good times. Yeah. I'll always have a space in my heart for that person, but it's a very small space and it's not going to take up any more of my time, any of my mental energy on that person. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the end, I mean, you know, you have to do it for yourself. You know, you have to make the choice to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm worth it. You know, I'm worth being alive and, and, and I'm worth, you know, doing things for myself, you know, and not just Mm -hmm. being, being one with the crowd and going along with what everyone else is doing because it's the popular thing to do. Right. Like it's (laughs) no, like, that those 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 things can be hard because we want to be popular. We want to be social. You know, I mean, maybe not everybody yeah. does. Some people want to, you know, just be more introverted and whatnot. But for people like us, people who you know like to go to conventions or into cosplay, into being around people, you know, and and sharing interests, mm-hmm. like it, it's it gets hard. It gets hard to remove folks out of your life because that's not something I really had to do for the longest time um, because I I didn't really necessarily have to. Like I thought everything was going just fine, and then once I started dealing with or, or finding that I had to deal with these issues that are going on inside of me, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I see kind of what's happening and I see these people that I really shouldn't have maybe so close. So I think that's a really good point. 
on your end for sure. Is it? Uh, is there anything else that uh, that you want to touch on as far as like how you've gone about treating your depression and anxiety? Like, have you gone to talk therapy? Have you had had a routine that you've kind of found yourself fitting into that's really helped you stay stable mentally? Um, I think it was the most eye-opening about, um, I guess, finding the right treatment during the original lockdown when the pandemic started last year. And I think it was a, a really difficult time for a lot of us who suffer from, from mental illness um, because of the isolation and um, sort of being alone with your thoughts and yourself. And yeah, um, it, it was really a struggle at that time. And um, I was really afraid that I would fall back on um, that extreme loneliness, that extreme uh, emptiness um, in my time alone. And uh, I actually found that that did not happen because I decided to sort of find joy in small things like mm -hmm. picking up a new hobby. And a lot of people did that when they were right. isolated, they picked up a new hobby mm -hmm. or they started a small um, daily routine that was maybe like, oh, I'm going to go for a 30 minute walk every morning or something like that. Um, obviously a lot of people couldn't go outside, but if you were sort of in the country or the suburbs or something, it was probably more available to you, but. Right, right. Um, things like uh, some people picked up juggling, some people picked <laughs> up fencing, like indoor fencing. Yeah, by yourself. yeah why not? But, you can order anything, then. yeah, order anything off the internet, right? Fencing swords, jump ropes, violins. Yeah. I mean, you can order anything you want. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was, um, I did a little bit of reading, which I hadn't done reading for fun. I know that sounds silly because like everybody reads, but um, I did reading for fun for the first time in years and years because I was an editor for a long time so I read for a living and I didn't want to do it when I got home from work so um I did some reading I did some playing around with costume makeup okay. I did um I watched some TV shows that I never got to finish, like back in high school or something. <laughs> uh, Veronica Mars. Oh um, yeah, sure, sure. Kristen Bell is Veronica Mars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, I took some online classes. Um, I started learning Spanish. We all sort of have this idea of life is supposed to be joyful. You're supposed to have these big, joyful, exciting moments. And I think during the pandemic, we all found that that was no longer possible. It was no longer possible to have a big 
fun birthday party. It was no longer possible to have a big fun vacation. You couldn't have these giant moments of prolonged happiness, but what you could have and what you could find even alone in your apartment was little bits of happiness that you could find in things that you wouldn't normally find them or you wouldn't normally notice them because everybody was so busy in life before the mm -hmm. pandemic mm -hmm. slowed us all to a stop mm -hmm. that we didn't notice how much we like iced tea and sandwiches like right how much we like uh meowing at our cat like, <laughs> having yeah. a conversation with an animal yeah um how yeah, much just... we like that one that one specific piece of clothing and we just put it on and know where to go who cares like you're mm -hmm. happy mm -hmm. but even in that little moment and just finding the joy in the little things was something that we all encountered and it's something that kept me afloat um and it kept me fighting. So I, I was able to continue on and to find my strength because I had just little things that comforted me and that kept me going. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. That was, that was, that was so good. What you just said right there, that whole, that whole speech you just gave, <laughs> uh, magnifique. Magnifique. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree anymore. Like those, those little things that you find, you know, just lying around the house, those, those little, those little talents that you pick up over time, um, you know, that, that grows your sort of inner kind of um, self, you know, it's like not everyone can see it because you're training, you're like, you're training to learn a language, you're learning an instrument or you're juggling or you're fencing. Um, or you're just enjoying the, you know, the things around you, like people can't see that, but you see it, you know, it's something for you, you, you know, that's something that you want to do because you want to do it, not because someone's paying you to do it, not because someone else wants you to do it. No, it's because you want to do it, you know, because it's for you. That's something that's going to grow your in, inner, inner self so much. And, you know, when you're stuck at home all the time, you know, that's so, that's so important, you know, to keep your, your spirits up and, you know, your interests um, full and your passions blooming, like that's, that's, that's essential, you know, that's so essential. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that was, it's really well said. So well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> no problem. No problem. No problem. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that might be, that might be a good place to, to end our conversation. I think that that was kind of like a highlight right there. That was, I think that's kind of uh, the the crux of what we're sort of getting at, you know, is like finding your inner strength, your inner inner peace, your inner self, and exploring that, you know, and just really diving in and seeing what you're, you know, what you're really like, you know, when you put all the distractions of the everyday life aside, you know, maybe you're actually into music, maybe you're actually into reading, maybe you're into like making um, cosplays or cosplay makeup, you know, it's like there's all these things that all of a sudden your mind can focus on that gives you new avenues and new possible opportunities and possibilities. So, um, you know, it's, it's a great way for, you know, personal growth. And, um, you know, I think we all could use some lessons in that for sure. Right. And I do want to add that, um, all of those things sound 
like I was talking about earlier, like distractions, like it would distract you from your mental illness. But if you turn it into less of a distraction and more of a healing process, more of a treat, a non-traditional treatment, Mm -hmm. um, those things become less about suppressing your mental illness and your struggles and more like focusing them on something else or um, finding that that purpose that you didn't have before. So mm -hmm. it's not really about um, going from thing to thing to just keep your mind off of it. It's about finding those things that can build you up and uh, help you start to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, really well said, because that's something I've dealt with personally. Like, you know, I was going through some dark times and, you know, I decided, hey, you know, why not try to get into wrestling? Like I've always enjoyed professional wrestling from afar. And it's like, well, I'm stuck at home all the time. Why don't I start training? You know, start working out like every day, weight training and get, you know, get some type of goal, you know, to put out there and, and, and strive for it. Right. And it's, it's worked wonders. Like I, you know, I haven't really felt, you know, too bad in, a while, which is which is awesome. You know, I feel really, really proud about that. And uh, it's because I put so much effort into to myself, you know, into making mm -hmm. sure that I'm okay. And, and that I have something to look forward to, you know, when when everything does clear up. So, so yeah, well, yeah once again, I think you're hitting it right on the head, for sure. So um, that's gonna do it for our little interview. Uh, thank you so much, Val. You've, you've been amazing. We've had a great chat today. Uh, much love to you. And uh, to everyone in your life that uh, that supports you because because that's a really awesome thing to have absolutely thank you this was awesome you're a great host <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much um so yeah for you all out there leave your uh comments below if you uh, like what you've seen maybe you can suggest other guests that you want to see come on to the show um or I think with the imposter syndrome, you could explain some of that as Val was talking about. We, we could have a little discussion in the comments, see what you guys think. But um, thank you for, so much for watching. And as always, follow your instincts and LYF, love yourself first. Peace out, y'all. Sayonara. Record, and I believe we are recording right now. So let me and do my action. And <laughs> action. Um, all right, so I'm gonna do my little, my little spiel at the beginning here. Uh, hooray! <laughs> Interview complete.